It's August 2020, and you can tell that networks are getting pretty desperate about their television shows. There's a show called Castmaster, which was hosted by Greg Davies, brought over by The CW pretty recently, a British show that's run for three seasons. And after one episode on Sunday, they canceled it. Castmaster, you said? Castmaster, yeah. It was hosted by Greg Davies, and it was about these people who would be in houses and performing tasks, and then they would be judged on those tasks. And apparently, because it only got like 200,000 views in its first week, they decided not to air the other nine episodes, cancel it, and instead uh, air reruns to Supernatural season one through 15. But it was like on- starting from the big get go. But you're saying that it ran for three seasons uh, where? It's still running, I believe, in Britain. And so it was just like a massive flop in the U.S. then. It really wasn't, though. It only got one episode. So, again, they're very desperate about their shows. So starting a few months ago, they started going to other countries and stealing their shows and then airing them here as premieres for pilots of new shows. I wonder if they had to, like, buy the rights for those to, like, air or Yeah, absolutely. They acquired them. That means they bought them. So let me tell you some of the ones that they bought pretty recently. And not even from other countries, but other networks that have canceled theirs. Like Swamp Thing. Oh, yeah. Dead Pixels. Uh, tell Me a Story, that NBC Universal right, show. Yeah. They're literally just going to start airing the first season again and saying it's a new new show. And that's not even including the part that these shows were originally supposed to premiere at a later date. But they had to move them up till now because they haven't been able to shoot anything since COVID-19 has yeah, happened. I know I know that stuff like The Last Dance on ESPN did the same thing. They moved up, I think, like a couple weeks because they didn't have anything to fill the other time with. Yeah, but they had already filmed The Last Dance on their own network. They weren't stealing it from a different country and masquerading it out as their own show. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, yeah. So the show we're talking about today, of course, is uh, Coroner. And they just released the pilot in the U.S. But it's already been played in Canada. It's been renewed for a third season there. And so they've already played out two. And it's already premiered in the U.K., where it's also very popular. I wonder if they're just going to play it straight out, like, do the... Because how many episodes is in the first and second season? Eight. I wonder if they're just going to do, like, 16 episodes, like, back-to-back, yeah. Uh, They might. I don't know. It depends on how long this thing's going to last, I assume. Um, one of the things about the network changes is the amount of networks that this thing has been played on, Coroner. It started on the CBC, which is Canada's BBC, basically. Right, yeah. Yeah. And then it moved to the Cinef- or Cineflex was always a part of it. And it moved to Channel 4. And then it moved to CW. And so there are multiple organizations that are yeah, using this. hands on this thing, yeah. Uh-huh. And it's a 60-minute program. So I assume they've had to cut some stuff out. Yeah, I mean, I, was, I saw it was like 43 minutes, I assume. Okay, so. so maybe it's 60 minutes with commercials. I was just basing yeah. that off what I read. So, yeah. My, one of my questions was, did it need to be that long? So is it just a normal hour-long procedural crime yeah, drama? Yeah, that, that's basically what this is. Just a normal, like, kind of uh, law and order show, basically. Yeah, but the, instead of having the police solving the homicides, for some reason the police are just taking the days off and you have the cor- coroner? Well, yeah, solving. you have the coroner, but you also get some, like, FBI detectives like Donovan McAvoy and Taylor Kinn. They're detectives on a couple cases. So yeah, but you- where are, like, the normal local cops? 
Like, you have all these shows that are police dramas where the police are always the ones who are picking out the clues and the ones figuring out what's going on. Sometimes you even have medical shows where the med- the doctors are the ones solving the crime. But then you have... I've never really heard of an, an in-real-life like situation where the coroner, besides giving a coroner's report, well, comes she, out and then says, I mean, okay, she, I've solved it all. Like, in the middle of the episode, she kind of, like, comes into power in the... Uh, where the place where coroners work but like she's someone who like looks over dead bodies when you say comes into power you mean that she gets promoted yeah i mean she has like the power to fire people okay so so a little background on this tv show is that it was brought to tv from being a book by morwin brebner and she's from shows like saving hope rookie blue both canadian shows rookie blue is about police um and saving hope is a medical hospital drama that had a little supernatural aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's very familiar with these type of like procedural type shows. But what she liked about Jenny's character, that's the main character, Jenny yeah, Cooper, Jenny, right? Yep. Mm-hmm, is that she was a real fighter. She had a lot of anxiety, a lot of problems in the books, but she was fearless. And she approached those in the same way that someone who or most people wouldn't be able to. Yeah, I and I just want to kind of add a, qu- a quick little fact now, because I'll get on to that, but I just kind of talking about the fact of shows, like, purchasing from other channels, um, hoping to use them. I know that back in 2007, and I only remember this because you were bringing up the fact that it was based off of books, Dexter on Showtime was bought by CBS when the writer's strike happened so that they could air it um, and have something to air there. Uh, but going back to your point, that would have been a terrible show. Yeah, <laughs> if they, it was they on had to like CBS. cut a lot of stuff out. Did so. they had they already cast Michael C. Hall? Yeah, no, they like they aired it on Showtime, and then CBS was like, ah, we don't have anything to run. So then they bought the like, I mean, the first season. Oh, I thought Showtime. I got that mixed up. I thought you said CBS had it originally. No, CBS was because of the writer strike. Gotcha. They purchased the writer gotcha, gotcha. Broadcast it, but yeah, I mean, uh, Jenny in this show is like a fighter i guess like i thought originally it was going to be some type of supernatural show because at the very beginning she's looking at a body danielle who has supposedly killed herself and she touches her head and i was like oh is she gonna somehow figure out clues about the crime but uh no that was just kind of how she handles body and she, it, this she just isn't like touches the i mean she's wearing a glove right yeah okay but good. this isn't like a supernatural type of show there's no supernatural element to it i thought that was going to be like true calling where she like I don't know, had an interaction with the body. Yeah, um, that's the, and that's what I thought. She, uh, the, that but, was... like, skin-to-skin contact, and then she'd be able to, like, read its last yeah, thoughts. Or, or, like, with iZombie, where they're, like, eating the brains, and then that way they, she's able to, as a coroner, um, know exactly what happened, the memories of the person. Yeah, it's, well, it's not like that at all. This is just, like, basically someone who's a detective slash coroner trying to figure out how people died. Like, they're performing an investigation, right? Yeah. Yeah, the way I heard it was, like, they wanted this character to be like, how can I prevent this from happening again? And it's not the first Canadian show to have a coroner be the center of their focus. They've had four of them in the past, starting with, like, Wojek in the 1960s. But it seems like it's not just a popular category here in the U.S., but also there in Canada. Yeah, I mean, if you have four shows that's based off of main characters and their corners. So... It started as that book that I just wanted to go into a little bit. There was eight novels that went through that storyline of Jenny Cooper, and each one of them followed a different case. And there are plenty of differences between the book and the TV show now. However, the author, Matthew Hall, or as he's titled on the book covers, M.R. Hall, is in favor of the 
the show in general and yeah. uh, Sorinda, the person who plays uh, Jenny, she, he's a very he's a fan of hers. Now there was this show on BBC that came out a couple years ago called The Coroner, which ended after I think two seasons. But he accused that show of stealing his material because the name of his book is actually The Coroner as well. And this show is just called Coroner. So, and, and then the BBC went on to air, or, or a British network went on to air Coroner right after The Coroner. Wow, that's, yeah. Not, that's... Not, not on the same day, but you, you yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like yeah, it yeah. got canceled and then now this show pops up. Right. But it, he never had any connection with that one. But he found there were enormous similarities between that other show and the and and his books okay. that he didn't like. So yeah. So it's it's popular in three countries so far. Three English speaking countries that we normally get our t- television from. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I just found that a little odd. Did you find the main character? Did she do a uh, good job? I mean, the actress did a fine job. This. this you, did you recognize her? Because she's been in. One I recognize. I didn't, but I didn't like recognize who she was. But I knew that she was someone. Yeah, she's had a haircut, but the thing that you saw her in also, she had a haircut in that too. Uh, her name is Sorinda Swan. She's thirty-six. She was in Marvel's Inhumans. Does that yeah, give you a hint? Yeah, she was nah, the red-haired uh, but... person who played Medusa. <laughs> And then she got a haircut, and I think that, like, stole her ability or something yeah, in the first, in the first episode. episode yeah. yeah, she was also in Ballers and Breaking uh, Breakout Kings, but that was her most familiar role for yeah, me I when mean, I saw the pilot. She did, she did a fine job. It's just the series in and of itself I didn't find that interesting. To go into the plot a little bit, Jenny Cooper is someone who has had to kind of, like, deal with tragedy in her life. Like, the very first scene we see is um, her husband david dying at like a um a swim meeting that her son had uh and he just falls into a pool and like randomly dies he had an aneurysm yeah, yeah. and so and, it, and like when he falls into this pool this thing is like covered with blood like the water just turns all red oh they try to make it they yeah, try to shock very him. dramatic and mm-hmm. then she jumps in after him but isn't able to do anything and then she sees a black dog, and that kind of comes oh, in. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask, because that's the name of the episode, is Black Dog. Yeah. yeah. Um, it comes in at the beginning, it comes in at the ending, but... Um, I'll get is this like the Crows and Sons of Anarchy? Yeah. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And then we see that Jenny Cooper is someone who investigates bodies. Uh, she goes to a junior prison where a uh, person named Danielle has supposedly hung herself. I think it's hanged. Yeah. And then uh, we hear a scream... And then she, like, people run to where the scream is at, and someone named Sneaks, that's his nickname. Yeah, of course. Uh, the roommate. Uh, his prison mate has killed himself, and his name is Kevin Knuckles. So you have two homicides or two suicides? Well, two, we're supposed to think it's two suicides at okay. this moment. All right. Um, this is like a Sherlock episode almost. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, then we learn that Jenny is going to kind of be running this um, coroner place. Which, okay, the the facility? The like, facility, Okay, yeah. usually the way I think of a coroner is that the police bring the body to her. Yeah, well, I mean, she, like, this is where the police bring the body, but there are a ton of people working at this place. But, like, like I said, she has the, like, ability to fire people. So she has, she's, like, coming to this thing with high authority. All right. Did they tell you what she was before she was a coroner? Because in the background I was doing... She was an ER doctor. Yeah, it said she was a former ER doctor, and she became a forensic pathologist. Mm -hmm. Now, interestingly enough, and let me stop you right there, in the book, she wasn't actually an ER doctor beforehand. Uh, they had to change that to an ER doctor because in Canada you need a medical background in order to become a coroner. But where the book was written in Britain, you don't. 
-hmm. So I'm going to give you just three um, different jobs, I guess, that she could have had and uh, want you to guess which one she was. All right. In the books, she is a pilot, she's a lawyer, or she's a mortician. What's a mortician? A mortician is the person who, like, makes up a dead body. They don't do anything about, like, the the coroner diagnoses whether or not the injuries were uh, suspect of, like, a homicide or not. But these are the people who just make it look nice when you have a funeral. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to guess that she was a pilot and a mortician. But she was she was just one of them. Only one. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm gonna guess she was a pilot. Uh, no, she was actually a lawyer, and that was what pushed her towards uh, wanting to find justice for people through their like. She started seeing that her cases could be solved through what her new work was. Yeah. Yeah. So she had a passion for justice, basically. Right. But yeah, you can move and on then, with the story. Yeah. yeah. So, so then we have Doctor Peterson, who has been working at this corner place for a long time, and um. He's basically a jerk. Like, he kind of just shoves off. Sorry, what's his name? Uh, Dr. Peterson. He's just very egotistical and someone who doesn't take um, Jenny seriously at all. Uh, but the thing that kind of sets uh, Jenny Cooper off on the reason as to why Danielle's uh, suicide might not have actually been a suicide was she checks her heel and there's an abrasion there. Now, Dr. Peterson says that this was just her convulsing because she convulsed when she hanged. But Jenny Cooper uh, didn't believe that, and she wanted to get more information as to why that was the case. Um, she was thinking possibly it could be a suicide pact because the uh, prison was going over Romeo and Juliet, the play. And since two like teenagers in that play basically killed themselves, uh, she was thinking they might be doing that because Danielle had the starring role in that play. Um, so that was a connection that they tried to make. And then, um, she goes to a lot of people and interviews them, such as, um, Danielle's mother and her mother was like, oh no, she was just a very, very happy person. Um, but Jenny Cooper is like, oh, well, okay. That, that doesn't fit the narrative though. Yeah. Why is she in jail or whatever? Uh, it doesn't say why these two people were like well, they could says, have just stuck him at a boarding school. No, it says why, um, the Kevin guy was in jail kind yeah. of, it says he was part of Antifa. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. that was me. And then, um... So, that's progressive, I guess. Yeah, kind it of. Seems, it seems kind of oddly placed, though. Like, I don't think that was probably in the book since the books came out in 2009. <laughs> no, yeah, no. It was it was a weird reference to make, but I was like, okay. And okay, then, was this an overall, like, light type of show? No, not, not particularly. It's not, like, dark like The Wire or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I'd say this is about the same tone as probably a Law & Order show like SVU or something. Yeah, I'm just trying to track whether or not it's, like, more comedy. Is there any comedy whatsoever? Yeah, there's a couple jokes here and there. Because when you said Antifa, I assume that wasn't delivered in, like, a... He was part of Antifa. Like No, it wasn't incredibly dramatic, but it wasn't meant to be funny, really, either. Oh, it just sounds funny. Okay, go ahead. And then, um... The uh, Donathan McAvoy character wants... That's that's basically the second big guy in the show, right? The, yeah. He, so he's uh, he's from 24, Continuum. Um, his son is actually in Snowpiercer right now. No, it's not to beat Diggs, is it? <laughs> no, 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 it's not to beat Diggs. <laughs> but he uh, he interviews someone, and this he's like, there's no CCTV um, like webcam footage, evidence yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one of the people who runs the prison is like, yeah, because it gets... Um, wiped every two weeks and <laughs> i just found that like a very very odd i've heard uh, that excuse before in television it's like give me the camera footage and then immediately they're like no we delete it yeah and that that was just so odd because it's like that seemed too convenient know. yeah I, I don't know yeah. um 
but then, here I'll have another question real quick. Yeah. Is there heightened dialogue compared to like an average television show because it's based on a book? Like I know they're obviously not taking an exact example, but there are eight novels and there's eight episodes in the first season. So I assume some of them at least borrow some of the uh, mystery from the actual book. Yeah, I mean, there's a very ending of the show. There's a mystery kind of about this woman who died, this older woman. And that's where she meets Liam, who's the love interest, who she ends up sleeping with later, who's an Afghan veteran. But, like, we're... Afghanistan veteran? Yeah. yeah. But we're not exactly... I don't think we're told why she dies or anything like that. So that could be part of the book as well. Okay, Um, yeah. And then apparently she's supposed to have her own inner demons that are haunting her throughout the whole thing. Yeah, and that's where the black dot comes into play. Mm -hmm. Because at the very end... Um, she goes to the funeral for Danielle and then has to ask for the body back um, because Dr. Peterson was someone who just released the body because he filed a report and she fires him for that. She's like, you're fired. I didn't tell you to release the body and you basically just were lying on your report or whatever. So it was an awkward scene where she had to ask the mom for the body back. But as uh, she gets some tissue and they analyze it, they realize that two police guards um, knowingly gave like drugs to these kids um but for nothing in return and the reason for that was because they were like kind of guinea pigging them to see if these drugs were really good to sell or not so they end up arresting these two police guards and that's kind of the end of the episode so they make a reference about antifa they arrest the police at the end and they don't have the police actually solving the crime they have a coroner during it it sounds like it does have a little bit of an implicit like um Maybe. Progressive I mean, message behind it. I mean, yeah, the police thing really as of now comes into play. Like, yeah, maybe I'm just looking into it too but, much. Uh, but at the very end, she, like, gets on a phone call with Donna the McAvoy. They talk about the case and how they did a good job and how since Dr. Peterson was kind of an unreliable coroner that they should look into more of their cases because she reopened this one in order for them to, like, uh, catch the criminals. And so the whole entire basis of the show I'm seeing is that they're going to open Dr. Peterson's cases and go more in depth into them. And then at the very end, she sees a a black dog who's not actually there. It's just part of her imagination, but then that's where it ends. Yeah. You've said that several times. Yeah. You're pushing that black dog imagery. I'm mostly saying that because I want to show that it ties into the very beginning. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. It showed up at the beginning and and the end. Yeah. I know that Mayans MC did something very similar with a coyote. So Yeah, I mean, Kurt Sutter didn't direct this show, but I can tell that he definitely had a handle on it. Um, <laughs> one of the things the main actress did to prepare for this role, besides just reading all the books, is that she actually watched an autopsy being performed. And as, like, cool, I guess, as that is, you could have just had someone in the forensics department there, or you could have someone with a, like, forensic pathology-type background um, in order to... Yeah, like help with these type of things. Yeah, there wasn't really like any time where. Like, yeah, I wonder if like later on in the season, helped. if she thought like, oh, they'll have me removing a liver, and then actually I should be like, no, we're removing the appendix first. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. It's, it just seems like an odd thing to have bragged about. Maybe um, the other thing she did with her other role as Medusa was that she read all the comics for it. I mean that makes sense. Yeah, I know John Berthnell did the same thing with the Punisher. So. Yeah, so I'm not trying to knock the actress or anything. It just seemed like kind of a funny way of handling it. Another thing that I noticed about this show that would say that it is very similar to other shows in the same respect is that with Bones, you had uh, Booth or whatever his name was, David Boreanaz, yeah, yeah. Uh, who was the FBI agent who she had a connection with in order to solve all the crimes. In uh, iZombie, she had a friend that was a cop 
Yeah, so you always to, you always yeah, have like a, a way in. Yeah, I guess and it sometimes say. is the FBI. Like yeah, a, yeah, Mulder, Scully, like it's the same type of deal. Yeah, there's always like a kind of odd pairing. Mm-hmm. So th- they kind of are taking the show in a different direction from the books. One of the main things that they did, I'll get to in a second, but let's see if you can guess it. Um, I'm going to give you three examples, and you got to tell me which one you think is true. Okay. All right. The books are actually much lighter and actually meant for a YA audience. And the second one is the TV show has her son. Uh, he's way younger in the TV show. Um, and then the third one, in the books, her husband is alive and just as annoying as just an annoying x on the side i feel like it's either two or three and i'm gonna go with two where the son is actually a lot younger in the tv show because when they show the son in this show he's like it seemed like he the ages didn't really match up so i'm saying that he's younger in the tv show younger in the tv show that's why i just said oh okay yeah now go with uh the the husband is actually not like not dead yeah it was the second one was more of a joke because she in the tv show is supposed to have had the kid when she was 18 so the relationship between her and her kid is kind of codependent and they're more closely like sister brother in some ways than they yeah, are mother in fact, and son. yeah like, like he I looks out for sure. her a lot. yeah yeah it, yeah it seemed a lot more sister brother because he's like 18 in the show yeah it was, it was strange yeah. and i think she's really she's how old did i say 36 in real life so that would be the actual difference in age um but yeah, her husband apparently in the books was never killed off. He was just kind of there and hounding her a lot. And it was a nasty divorce. And that's sort of what caused her trauma. But the way the director or the person who brought it over, um, Morwen talked about it. She said, you know, in a Disney movie, you kill the parents so the kids can have an adventure. It was a little like that. That's <laughs> not the way I would describe <laughs> it. But I mean, I guess if, you know. I mean, it, if it works, it works. Uh, the yeah, way you described the death scene made it seem it, well, very... Well, it's a very weird death scene because it starts off at the swim meeting and you see people swimming. And then uh, the swim meeting ends and the mom goes up to her son, uh, Jenny, and she, like, hugs him. And then the dad kind of walks away and you're like, well, what's going on? And just out of nowhere, like, we're 20, <laughs> seconds, in, 20 <laughs> seconds in and that's basically it. His phone drops and he just falls into the swim, like, uh, pool and there's no real, like, explanation to it. So. But apparently... Apparently they kept sort of his background that he had like really done them dirty and got yeah, them into a huge he, amount of debt. Actually, by the end of the episode, Jenny asked to uh, put up the house because he had a huge gambling yeah. problem. Yeah, you have to wonder that they probably would have gotten a divorce anyways when she found out about all this stuff if he hadn't had the aneurysm. Yeah, especially after like how much he ended up gambling on. Yeah, he was just on horse races every day or something. <laughs> well, I know that she was really mad about it because when she was speaking to the Afghanistan veteran Liam, uh, they go out to have some drinks. In one part of the episode, she like basically is almost screaming about how her husband is is dead and how she they he basically screwed them over. Yeah, and then they have sex, right? Yeah, it was the weirdest. Thing. Yeah. Okay, you didn't talk about it. So, um, And then in the books, she has a drug problem like House, or she has a gambling addiction as well, or she suffers a monk-like OCD. Well, in the uh, show, she does. She is shown taking pills a lot, but it was more, I feel, felt for anxiety, so I'm going to go with number one. Yeah, you're completely right. But in the books, if you go to actual commenters on like Amazon reviews and stuff, they are nasty about how much they're ridiculing the idea that she would be able to still operate with the amount of drugs that she yeah takes. it's yeah like, it's, it's suspension of again, disbelief yeah yeah it's the same type of thing with house where he was just 
eating Vicodin, like uh, aspirin or um, what were they called, Altoids or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, he was just chopping them up. Um, but that she's able to still keep her anxiety in check, her mental health in check, kind of like Carrie from Homeland. That's how yeah. I would put it. And I say it's it's very odd that this is shown on CW because I would 100% expect this to be on like the same network as like um, Blind Spot or the Blacklist or something like that. Like I got those type of vibes mm-hmm. um, from watching this show. So those I are guess, probably filmed in Canada. <laughs> probably, yeah. Yeah, I think Blind Spot is. So yeah, I was expecting this like to be on NBC, but CW is just such a strange <laughs> network to have it on. I felt. Do you think it'll work? Uh, it could. I mean, because I, I feel like CW is going a different route because with such things as like um, Supernatural and well, Riverdale and other like teen yeah, shows. Yeah, they've like created this. their own universe of stuff. But as as we've heard here, the, the acquiring of all these different types of shows is more just to fill up that space. Right. So I'm saying that this this does have a chance of working. Yeah. I mean, even if it doesn't work on the CW, it's still renewed for a third season in Canada. So you can probably find it through there. Yeah. Um, this pilot has had mixed reviews. Um, it has a 6.9 on IMDb, mm. and the talk about it is mostly if you are at all a fan of it, or if you see the potential in it, that you should stick with it, because it does get better. Yeah, I'll say I wasn't a huge fan of the pilot, but I do see potential with it. Yeah, so. there is an overall storyline that gets solved sort of throughout the first season, and then a second one that's brought up in the second season. And so you're not just looking at a procedural that has a new case and only that case every week. Like you, you'll be able to watch the eighth episode and actually get something from it. And if you look at the second season titles without spoiling anything, the first episode is called Fire and the last episode is called Fire Part Two, which makes it sound like there's a yeah overall story or like yeah. I mean, we just that, said that, yeah. but yeah. The main criticism about this show is that it is an actual forensic crime drama as much as it tries to distance itself from yeah, that. Yeah, it tries to do things that are new, but again, there wasn't much in the show that I was like, oh, that's different from like the, this Law & Order show. Mm-hmm. And the main character seems to have too much responsibility than what a regular coroner would have. So if you're not into these types of uh, shows that kind of give too much power to a character and have them kind of act super-powered-ish despite the fact that they have a pill problem and despite the fact that the police don't seem to be anywhere to be found during this time, then yeah, you're probably going to be nitpicky the entire way through. But I think that just about does it for today's episode. And if you want, check us out next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.